This is the lit superstar Sebastian Cage, the high flyer from New York City. You know it's lit, and you're watching the Wrestling Paradox podcast. You know why? Because they lit, like I'm lit, and it's not a fashion statement. It's a fact. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back inside the Wrestling Paradox podcast. And man, I it, wrestlers, managers, referee, it doesn't matter. We interview everybody and we have a great interview lined up for you tonight. Uh, before we get into all that, you know who I am, Joseph Anthony, my main man, Chris Thrasher, sitting right on the other side of the camera. What's up, Chris? What up, buddy? What's going on, brother? Not much. How Living the dream. How was your weekend? You had the pleasure of watching my child this weekend. I hope my child and your child destroyed your house because you oh, sent my child home with toys. So thank you for that. You're um, welcome. <laughs> and it's not a normal toy either. It was about a four foot Hot Wheels oh, track. So annoying. Um, it was already put together. So you're welcome. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what we're doing inside the Paradox Podcast. We are bringing you another wonderful interview. Uh, first things first, we want to say thank you to M&J Ecological, always looking out for us and taking care of us on this side of things. 305-697-2258. Make sure you guys give M&J Ecological a v uh, call. Uh, Marcus is over there waiting for you to call him. Uh, any reptiles, pests, uh, animals, whatever you got in your front, back, front yard, backyard, doesn't matter. Call Marcus. He'll get rid of it. 305-697-2258. Uh, if you guys have any, uh, if you guys want to become a South Florida wrestler or a Florida wrestler or just a wrestler and you should move to Florida because that's what <laughs> wrestlers do, uh, you go to CCWFL on Twitter and you check out Coastal Championship Wrestling because I will say it, I said it before and I'll say it again. They are the last remaining territory in the business and they are producing some of the best wrestlers, some of the best managers and some of the best referees. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a referee in the building tonight. She is a co-host on the Rewind Wrestling Podcast. Uh, she is our host for our, our guest for the evening. Ladies and gentlemen, Ref Amy. Yay! Ooh, I made it. in the building. We've been talking about Finally. this for a long time. I know. And it's been like three months since you announced. I'm like excited. Well, here's the thing. So Sebastian <laughs> Cage really threw off everything for us on a horrible night. And it kind of pushed everything back. So we said, all right. Who can we end with for this block? You know, because we do blocks of six, which unfortunately it's coming to an end. We're going to start just going one by one and announcing them. But we were doing blocks of six. Mm -hmm. And I said, who do we end with? Well, we end with Jackal Stevens. Why not? Right. Because it's mm -hmm. Jackal Stevens. And then Ref Amy got pushed back a little bit because I knew she'd be the one person who's not doesn't have an ego like all these wrestlers. And uh, she was cool. She was like, all right, yeah, put me to the end. So now we're closing with the best female referee in the business right now she calls mm -hmm. it right down the middle every time yes daddy <laughs> <laughs> and uh that's ref amy and uh it is an absolute pleasure to have you on here uh we've always talked about kind of getting the two podcasts together obviously mm -hmm. rewind, rest, uh, rewind, rewind wrestling radio podcast is mm -hmm. blowing up and doing their thing and uh paradox kind of came out of left field and we're just trying to help build up man you know it's never a competition we share your guys' stuff it's it's always a pleasure to listen to you guys talk and uh, uh, your uh, temptress Ivy. Oh, she has my heart. I know. Mine too. Another podcast. Another Get in story. line. Jesus. Oh, my God. Just a different day, Daddy. Different, different day. day, Daddy. Uh, <laughs> Rev Amy, what have you been up to? How have you been feeling lately? Oh, I've been good. Um, I've been in kind of quarantine lately. So that's why I wasn't on the uh, my uh, Bash of the Brew 3, I believe, and yeah. also the Cruiserweight Classic. So. 
it had a little COVID scare. Don't worry, my me and my family no sold it. We're just trying to get safe so I can come back and be with y'all so I'm not spreading it around like Floridians do. But <laughs> well, I mean, I got my first ref experience. I mean, I had the yeah, I, I saw that down and everything. Oh, I yeah. even did the bell. I didn't did the belt like. Nothing. You fit right in. You you should join us. Though. Slid. He slid. In I slid. Mm. Just it like good awesome. old Charles Robinson, I slid right yep. in to make the, make the pin. Right into it. So I mean, I'm still having a hard time turning my neck. It's like I have to like turn with everything. It, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Um, doctor said take the neck neck brace off. You know, once you know once a night. So right now the neck brace is off, but. 20, you know, 20 hours of the day, I'm walking around with it right now. Dr. Eric Christopher, you will hear from the Paradox's lawyers. This is ridiculous. I used a wrestling move. You used a foreign object. We are champions still. That's the way I look mm-hmm. at it. So, yeah. I don't know if you saw it, Ref Amy, but we are the one-time former. I saw that, yeah. Seven champions, yes. Yeah. Uh, the, only thing, the only question I have for you, Chris, is why did you count the other pin? You didn't have to. I was holding. I was stopping. And then oh, okay. Eric and Eric Christopher slammed my hand down. Oh, okay. As right. he, I was gonna give him the old Earl Hebner like pause, and then, and then just leave. he just he just <laughs> yeah he just forced my hand down. He gave me an obscene gesture, which I'm seeking a therapist, a different therapist, to uh, go after him because you know mental deform, you know mentally deformed me for the rest of my life. I can't. <laughs> Like things have built up to that. It wasn't just that. That's just <laughs> it was just the tipping point. <laughs> yeah. So Ref Amy, let me talk to you about something. I want to know where did where was Ref Amy born? Like when I say I mean like where you born, where was the dream of being a referee born for you? So like I don't think anyone really goes into wrestling business like saying, like, I want to be a referee. So you haven't sat down and talked with me then. Oh, okay. Well, damn. <laughs> All right. You'll be the first. I can tell um, you that. That's my dream. I love it. I don't know why. Yeah. So, um, like, I always grew up loving wrestling, and I always flirted with the idea of getting in, in and out of the ring or doing a school and stuff. I even, like, there was a point where I was going off to college, and then I also got information for a school in Orlando, um, and I was thinking about it. Just no college, go to, Orla- or go to Orlando, and then my parents would have disowned me. It had been really awkward for, like, family dinners and stuff. So I went to college instead. Um, but then, I don't know, uh, through the years of just flirting with the idea, like, should I do it? Should I not? And then COVID hit. And then I had already, I already have my two beautiful children. And I thought, you know what? Now's the time. The world's ending. Let's just jump right in. And I remember talking to Nellio. And I was still kind of hurting from pregnancy number two. So I wanted to take it easy, like not really get in the ring, but maybe learn um, the editing side, the booking side, the, um, and like being a promoter. And he was just like, why don't you just jump in as a referee? And that night, that first night I came in, he, he, um, they were doing practice matches and he just kind of threw me in there. He just like, see what happens. Yeah. And like, I tell you what, you think you know all the rules to wrestling and then you get thrown into a match and then you forget all of them. Like you just know, like at some point I count the three at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but like everything else you like I, I kept asking because the first match i wrapped was jackal and um uh vic arson just like in a random match oh those are two and, great guys by the way yeah, yeah absolutely and they're very patient with me like after the match i'd be like when do i so the corner is it a count of four or five because i was just like blanking oh. <laughs> so after that night like i realized i really liked being the ref 
because mm-hmm. like obviously you're not putting your body as through as much as being a wrestler but you're still getting involved and you're still getting into the action and and it actually is a more important part than a lot of people realize mm-hmm. so that's kind of where ref amy came from all right it, cool. it's you you have to like be the mother bird yeah yeah Mm-hmm. What uh? And actually, I'll just to bounce an idea off of you. When it comes to the rules of refing in the mm-hmm. corner, I, me personally, in my opinion, I don't think it's a five count. I think it's actually a six count mm-hmm. because the ref always counts the four, then pauses. Yeah. Like, oh, you gotta break it up, break it up, break it. Up. Yeah. Then you know, so it's always a six count. And you know, and realistic, yeah. like, you know. So. Yeah. Ref Amy, are you looking to switch podcasts? Because I could really use a new co-partner. <laughs> I need to go. Uh, no, fuck uh, off. How about that? Like, what was that? I said fuck off. <laughs> Thanks, man. That was great. Um, Ref Amy, so how did you find Nelio and Coastal Championship Wrestling? You say that's where you got your start. Like, how did you find that, though? Um, so I moved, uh, I'm from Vero Beach, so we're not that far from here. Hey, um, I know that place. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's an awesome place. Actually, as a parent, I look at it fondly a little bit more, but as a kid, I freaking hated it. Oh, yeah, I would love the bureau now. It's so quiet up yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, and property's cheap as hell. Okay. Yeah. But um, so I was I moved down here in 2017 after my daughter was born, um, and we started going to the CCW shows. So okay. like I was I was in the stands watching Cha Cha and Santos and America Horror Story and stuff like that. And eventually, um, I think I met Vic, mm-hmm. and he gave me a flyer for the school. It was right, like right around when he started, okay. and I was just like, you know what? I'll keep this. I don't know if I'm gonna do it. And then, like I said, COVID hit. I found that flyer again, and I was like, let's do it. And so I just messaged them, and then of course I come in and I see like. Alex Ocean and Will Austin and Cha-Cha and I'm just sitting there like marking out like, oh my god, I know you people. <laughs> 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 and I still Vic do that Arson to this the day. the first person we met too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vic, Vic Arson was the first wrestler that we met at CCW. Uh, yeah. So that was last year. When was, uh, give us the timetable, like when was this on you coming in? Uh, uh, coming into actually doing the school? Yeah, CCW. Um, it, it will actually be a year next month. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah. right after summer, so right before summer glory, you kind of yeah, yeah. Okay. Like actually, summer glory, I was supposed to like once again, Nelly and Pablo were just like throwing me into the the frying pan, and they wanted me to ref in summer glory, but it turns out they had too many refs, and so I just did the front table and hung out up there. But that um, was you, okay? Yeah, she yeah. took our temperature. Yeah, oh, she did. Okay. Uh, all right so ref amy you you found ccw mm-hmm. uh you got in there as a referee when did the dream uh start inside of you when did you say okay this is what i want to do or this is what i want to be involved in who was that character or wrestler that really got you into that Ooh, so what got my- you hooked into wrestling yeah yeah <laughs> so many words thanks yeah sea <laughs> world so um yeah so i grew up doing a whole bunch of martial arts like taekwondo and um i did like the karate kid karate kind of stuff um and so i i've always had like some kind of combat like sport in my life at some point 
And I remember one time, I remember the exact moment I saw something on TV that was wrestling. I was at a tournament for, uh, for karate. And I go and I see it's a scene between Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit. And it's the when they were feuding over the U.S. championship. And he sprayed like car um, Freon, whatever, in his face. Like, mm-hmm. like it was like the go home show. And I remember just looking at it like, this is so weird. Like a little 11 year old me, like, this is so weird. So awesome. How are they doing this to each other? Cause like, I'm a kayfabe was well alive when I was 11 years old. Yeah, of course, and of from course. then, yeah. And from then I was hooked. Like I was watching uh, SmackDown every Thursday. I think it was on Thursdays at the time. Um, and I loved Eddie Guerrero. And then I also like, I hope we don't get canceled, but my all time favorite was Chris Benoit. Cause to me, everything looked legit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, it yeah. probably was legit, and that's yeah. why the situation arose how it did. But yeah. we we here inside the paradox constantly say that uh kayfabe died with Chris Benoit. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. That's where that's where we. I coined that phrase, and I actually um called Joe one time because we were talking like on a on a Tuesday, you know, not recording. We were like, um, you know, kayfabe, what happened with kayfabe, and you know, then we were talking about like social media, the internet, you know, killed it and everything like that. The very next day, I woke up and I called Joe. I go, you want to know when Kayfabe died? And he goes, when? I said, when Chris Benoit died. Mm-hmm. And he and he took a step back. I go, not just because of the media and, like, everything else that happened, but if you remember, Vince McMahon died that weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the limo. TV. The limo yeah. exploded. So and people they, were calling inside. Yeah, yeah people inside the uh, arena, people were calling the cops saying Vince McMahon was just killed inside a limo. Yeah. So that was still real to people. People still mm-hmm. had that case. And then once once Benoit died and Vince McMahon had to come out the very next week and, you know, obviously be the owner of the company and things like that, everybody mm-hmm. kind of pieces together. All right, so this is all entirely fake. None of it is real. Yeah, especially uh, like uh, like when I was the um, that age, I think it was like 13 when that happened. Mm-hmm. So it, it, like, it wakes you up real quick. <laughs> like, oh, wait. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, wait, you guys have jobs during the week? I thought yeah. you were the big boss man. Like, no. Yeah. Like, like, Venus, you're growing pot on the weekend? What? what? Wait. And have questionable opinions? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that guy, man, completely fell off. Completely fell off. Um, different so, time, different show. Yeah, different yeah. time, different show. Uh, were you a fan of RTC? Uh, that was around your time, wasn't it? There, uh, R- right to oh. center, Val Venus, uh, the Godfather. Oh. See, that was a little bit good father, good father, the good father. Yeah, that was before because that was more like prime attitude era. Like, since yeah. then, I've gone back and watched. Like, my my introduction to wrestling was more into the ruthless aggression, ruthless yeah. aggression, John so Cena, like, JBL, Lesnar. Yeah, like the SmackDown yet. Six, like of oh, that yeah. entire group of people. But I have gone back and watched them, and like, I thought that was a great gimmick. But. Well, that that was a great gimmick. Uh, RTC, I mean, they're taking over the world right now. It's amazing. Like, it's all me. Sorry. Because I knew um, this 20 years ago. <laughs> they were just too head of they were too head of their time. Um yeah. so I wanted to ask. So you grew up in that era. I, I, and like everybody else, you were probably a huge fan of uh evolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like as a kid, I hated them because they, it worked. <laughs> like yeah, I, I remember well. I remember like absolutely hating Triple H like growing up and like 
Like, I was just like, someone can, can someone kick like Ric Flair in the balls for me? Like, just, just do it. <laughs> you know what my favorite thing, though, about Evolution is when they came out, they all came out, and it was like the Raw after a pay-per-view. And, you know, Triple H got color. You know, if Ric Flair got involved, he got color, right? So they yeah. come out on Monday night. Uh, Ric Flair will have two, like, finger band-aids covering the wound. But yeah. then, like, Triple, Triple H will H have this, like, knee pad stuck on it. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, stuck in his hair and everything like that. It's like, come on, man. Like, yeah. He's selling it, man. He's selling it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've been wearing a neck brace for three for three weeks almost for an Eric Christopher clipboard shot, all right? You got to sell it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, Ref Amy, where uh, – all right, so – what's like next for you i think that would be the appropriate question like where where do you want to go next obviously refing in ccw and i'm not saying leaving mm -hmm. ccw i mean yeah. what's that next job for you inside that company well i i i really want to stay where i am as a ref like as far as like yeah not so much just staying in ccw i will always ccw will always be my home and i will always be like that be be with them um, but I kind of want to branch out a little bit in Florida. And now that like um, my tuition is almost paid up and I can start reaching out to different like in promotions and stuff, maybe OCW, like me and Jose have become great friends through him being our senior official at um, CCW and I'm learning a lot from him. So maybe he might take me over to OCW for a couple of um, matches, but uh, I'm kind of just open to really anything. And I have the same attitude I had when I first joined. <laughs> where i'm also open to do backstage work like uh helping with it I've, i'm trying to learn how to edit right now for to help out with the other podcast i'm part of and then uh, i also want to learn more about the psychology of the business and i've been actually um reaching out to dan a lot to get some pointers on that dan our head trainer at ccw so I want to learn everything. <laughs> well, you mentioned right. the book earlier. That's why I asked that. You mentioned you wanted to uh, be behind the book and be writing the matches and things like that. What, uh, like, you have some big ideas. That's something you obviously you don't. You just don't sit down and go, "I want to book this show." You know, no. you obviously have. We do that every week. We do yeah. that every. Week. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I rewrite AEW or WWE or even CCW. Yeah. I'm like, do this, do this, do this. You yeah. know. But they just I'm, won't answer my emails. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Nelio, I call you 100 times a day. Pick up. Um, but, I don't know uh, why they won't answer an email that's soccerkid69 at AOL.com. <laughs> I don't know why. 69420, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you touch base on the uh, your other show that you're part of. Uh, <laughs> tell us about that. Go into that a little bit. What do you guys got working over there? So, um, yeah, we got their Rewind Wrestling Network, the radio is the entire thing. Um, we've been just trying to get um, a whole bunch of people to interview and stuff, which, hey, open invitation, come come on our show oh, every now right. and then. And um, I kind of happened upon it accidentally um, because it, originally it was just Tyler. I don't know. You guys have met Tyler, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Ted. Um, who lives up in Philadelphia, and then Nelio. It was just them three for a while. And then Nelio was just like, hey, do you want to come in for an interview? Like, we'll do a guest spot, and, like, we'll review of wrestling. And he was going to bring me and Ivy in for an interview spot. And then it just wound up, like, after those interviews went out, that they wanted to keep us around. So now it's a weekly thing. Um, I believe this week we have Christy James. Oh, and, very nice. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. I appreciate it. We're just trying to keep up with you guys over here. You, we're just following <laughs> yeah. your path. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, it you, works. Yeah, you, you get connections. You, you spoke about Tyler. Um, we I got to meet him in Nashville. He is a ball of knowledge of wrestling. Mm. I thought I was really good, and like a history buff of wrestling, and he was like, "Nope, it's this date, this match, yeah. this show, these two guys." And yep. I'm like, "Oh, I, th- I thought I was the only one that knew that." <laughs> and, uh, like, <laughs> and uh, but no, he's a really good. Uh, and some of your shows, like I've listened to, very like, like all intriguing. Like, oh, yeah. he sees it that way, or he sees it my way, or you know. Yeah. And it's um, it's really catchy. Yeah. Really and it's, it's also great because we all, in a way, like represent knowledge of different eras of wrestling. So mm-hmm. like, obviously, like my prime one is the ruthless aggression era. That's the the one I have the most knowledge on. Um, you have Tyler, who is like old school, like the 80s and early 90s wrestling. And so is Nelio a little bit, like the big man wrestling of the, the 90s and 80s. Um, and then you have Ted, who's more like the WCW versus WWE war era. And then um, Angela, who's more like for ruthless aggression to the present era. So it's really nice because like they'll bring up stuff that I don't even remember happening or I didn't know happening. And then mm-hmm. we're also bringing on... Um, people that were interviewing that like I knew of that but I didn't know how important they were to the industry at the time so like um Nikita Koloff like obviously I know the name Nikita Koloff mm-hmm. but doing my research on him and then getting out of the interview with him like what an influential person that was never in WWE like and that just totally blew my mind yeah um I think he back then in that time um if I'm not mistaken he had a criminal background like there was some arrest and mm-hmm. during that time wwf Vince, when Vince McMahon took it over he thought mm-hmm. of it, it was before the steroid era yeah. so he didn't want it to, like a black eye on the on the company name mm-hmm. so it was and so that's why Kolo stayed in like the nwa wcw you know everything yeah like that. But, uh, no i listened to that show that was a very good show yeah yeah no yeah. you guys do a great job Great what job. about what about somebody you guys just recently had, I believe, a uh, crowbar on there, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was that was sitting down with someone that uh, obviously he was a bigger name, I would say, in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, he, how, yeah. How was that for you to sit down with him and talk to him in that? It was really because, like, I don't know if you guys follow him on social media, like seeing those promos that he does, where like he's all like elegant with the glass of wine, talking about the demographic and all that stuff. It was weird, really fun to see him outside of that, and then talk about like all the things that he did in WCW and his short stint with ECW and having the dark matches with WWE. And one of the things I took away from that is he's like got to be one of the purest like fans of the sport uh, of pro wrestling because he still has fun with it to this day and he never like took anything for granted i guess like he was always that kid that guy who was like i'm just really happy to be here Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like a a mentality i really want to bring forward just like even if i'm like uh, working for cc i'll be happy if i work for ccw until i i guess retire from wrestling because i'm just happy to be part of the business right it's you you just want to have your hand and foot in the door um You know, and you touched on about like how Crowbar looks at, you know, matches and the business a different way. Um, mm-hmm. when, when Joe and I first started this, this podcast, we were reviewing shows every week, AEW versus, you know, NXT. Then mm-hmm. it got to a point where 
we weren't fans of the business anymore. We were like taking notes and everything like that. And then mm-hmm. one one week, I just I told Joe, I'm like, I'm not taking notes. And yeah. I go, I don't have the match lineup and the results, but I'm gonna tell you my opinion as a fan. Mm-hmm. And I think I enjoyed it more than you know getting into like dirt sheets because it brings me back to it's an escape from reality. Basically, you're going yeah. back to an alternate universe base of two men you know yelling at each other in their underwear basically you know that's just you know it just doesn't happen on a normal basis yeah and it's supposed to be fun we're Mm -hmm. supposed to be enjoying this right you know i mean look at uh uh, bash at the brew three i mean Mm -hmm. after the match we're my son's basically my five-year-old son's on one knee proposing to christy james in the brewery (laughs) Um, (laughs) that's not that's not a work that's that's not not a work that's a shoot he stole her from me (laughs) that is a shoot he did it and i was like oh okay but then having beers with the wrestlers you know it's like that's it's the camaraderie yes you're seeing a broadway show but Mm. they're real people yeah absolutely so so you talk about having fun and right now we're gonna have some fun uh this is a new game that we have implicate implemented into the paradox uh our one word association game and oh no nobody follows the rules anymore there i give them i say one word association and they're like that guy's a fuck amazing man he's just an amazing guy and i'm like all right so amazing is that the word we're gonna roll with <laughs> so let's well, some people do the two words so give me the two words i'll give you okay, the two, well, word two words i'll give you the two word option uh so you're a ruthless aggression fan obviously so okay. the first one i'm gonna hit you with is biker undertaker american badass undertaker All right, uh, my giving heat stale. Stale. Yeah. You want to elaborate on that one because I'm very. So, so because like I didn't really uh, like Biker Taker was just ending when um I started really getting into it, and so I most of my Undertaker experience was with like the new Dead Man, and mm-hmm. I thought that was like the best like gimmick ever. So then when I went back and watched like um the biker gimmick like when the network came out and stuff and rewatched that era i don't know it just felt like a whitewashed undertaker <laughs> i don't know it just, <laughs> I, I, I didn't enjoy it <laughs> okay he was, he was, was 10 just, years 10 years too late for the disciples of apocalypse yeah. Yo, oh my god ball and chains <laughs> yeah ball and chain yeah <laughs> and i think axel was one of them too oh man I do you did you ever go back and watch the Attitude Era? So they talk about how great the Attitude Era was, and you had The Rock, and you had Austin, and you had Triple H, and you had X Pac, and DX, and this and that. And it's like, yeah, but we still got to sit through Savio Vega, and mm-hmm. a ball DOA dead on arrival, and the oddities, and this, and, and it was just like, yeah, we got to sit through all that shit. We'll get it at the end, but this stuff still kind of sucks. It would be yeah, three, no. quick three minute matches, and yeah. there would be fifteen matches every card. Yeah, it like Attitude Era is full of great moments, but like when you actually sit down and watch like the episodes, like you're just kind of sitting there, especially as a girl. Like, but that was the thing as a as a kid growing up in the wrestling business, especially a girl. Like, there weren't many like idols to look up to that didn't. No, didn't you had have Sable to do. out there with handprints. I'm just, I just <laughs> exactly whose handprints those were. They were so lucky. Uh, they weren't Brock <laughs> Lesnar. I can tell you that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you got Sable out there in a potato sack, and hand- like mm-hmm. she was really the only woman ever being like her and uh, BB. I think her name was Doctor BB. 
Like those are the only two I really remember out of that era of the attitude. And there wasn't a lot of uh, influential females. And that's, that's something we have now. Especially yeah, Medusa, Medusa, Medusa. Yes. Medusa. Alundra and Molly Blaze. Holly. Molly Holly, was Molly, Holly was more, Molly Holly wasn't really an attitude. Was she? Was she? Was, it, was she? In more I, of the I thought she was more ruthless aggression. <laughs> Maybe she was attitude because she was part of RTC. So she had a little bit of attitude there in her, but. Uh, you go back and you look at 96, 97, those like really fresh <laughs> attitude era years. And mm-hmm. all you really have was Mark Merrow toting around Sable and Jacqueline. Mm-hmm. Ida yeah. and Tristratus really came in. And obviously 2001, 2002 and three, those were some great years for them. And actually them headlining a raw was really, really great to see. I don't know if you got back and like watch that match. Mm-hmm. No, no. Yeah. Where, where she like, uh, tumbles and like cracks her spine. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah it's horrible. It's horrible. But, um, you know, so uh, we're gonna stick with the ruthless aggression era. I, I, well, every era for this guy, Mike Kyoto, referee. Oh, best. He was my favorite. Best. All right. <laughs> yeah, I loved him. And we'll go with this one, Aubrey Edwards. I'm trying to. All right, what's the right word? All right, well, mentor, because literally I reach out to her a, a lot because um, she is very open to, like, referees, especially women, reaching out to her. So she's been kind of a mentor through me, like, uh, oh, so you've since had the beginning. Direct, like, talks with her. Yeah, me and her um, have done two Zoom sessions now where she watches my matches with me, and she'll, like, point out things like, hey, you want to actually be over here. That's or, awesome. Yeah, so, like, I guess, like, to describe her is, like, she's been, like, one of my best mentors since beginning reference. she is slowly so when uh aew first started i'll be honest like i'm a huge like uh i'm a huge cornet fan and i share a lot mm-hmm. of his views um mm-hmm. and i wasn't a fan of aew i wasn't a fan of aubrey edwards or not like that and mm-hmm. slowly it was surely she's become one of my more favorite referees because i think mm-hmm. when she first was there or when when aew first started she was such like a huge point for the match that it actually took away from the match People were so invested in Aubrey Edwards that I felt like it took away from the match. And it felt like anywhere, like she was, I don't think it was her fault. I think it was the camera. It just caught her like perfect angle. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. so we're not focusing on the match at this point. And now that's kind of gone away. And she's a really good referee. Like Mm -hmm. I like her a lot. I think she works really well in the ring. And uh, if you watched our interview with Jose, one of our, one of the main topics we touched was footwork for a referee. Yeah. You need to know where you need to be and you have to be there. Yeah, one thing she's also hammered in with me is because like one one of my biggest flaws is my speed, like being able to reaction time and stuff. Um, she she's just like footwork and reaction time. So you have to be able to get like jump on your feet really quick, like get out of the way. Because like sometimes you're just in the wrong spot. Like there's nothing you could have done that something happened, and you you need to get out of there as quickly as possible. So that's been something i've been trying to work on as well like trying to get back on my feet really quickly after pin uh get on my on all fours for a pin and then like most of the time during a will austin match match that i ref i have to just be able to move at a like split second notice (laughs) well you were the referee for him in sebastian cage right Yes, and my job was just to get the hell out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, I want to touch base with you on that. Put us in that situation because I know that was a very tense situation with the main event coming up, crowd chanting five more minutes. 
yeah. they didn't know what to do. You didn't, you weren't really sure what was going on. And it mm-hmm. was put us in that situation. Like what was going through your mind? Well, so my adrenaline is going up to like freaking here. <laughs> like, cause that entire match, like kept me on my toes. Like I said, like that those guys move so quickly that you have to be like split second, notice, like dodge. And I've been kicked a couple of times. Um, but yeah, so the match ended. We ran out of time. Dan ran the bell, and everyone's cheering for the one or five more minutes. And like, I was down because, oh, yeah. like, obviously, those guys would have teared it up for another five minutes. We probably would have needed five more. Like, uh-huh. none of the, those guys were taking each other to the absolute limit. Um, ultimately, it wasn't my call, but like, hearing the crowd chanting for those two guys, it was like I was so happy to be part of that moment because it was just a, such a raw moment that like i don't think anybody expected it to no it was a great match i've actually seen uh other outlets speaking about that match and Mm -hmm. um you know people remember referees people are always Mm -hmm. remember earl hebner they're always remember timmy white getting thrown into hell in the cell they're always gonna remember those those moments and you were a part of that moment um one thing that i give sebastian cage credit on is he knew that that wasn't the main event and if Mm -hmm. they would have made the call and went five more minutes that would have buried absolutely following that match and uh sebastian cage held it in and uh he went the uh the the proper working route and said hey five minutes we're done it's over you know we'll catch it tomorrow so and they went on and had a great triple threat with uh el jefe santos for the title oh yeah and i got to be in that one too there it was my go. first main event it was, yeah. it was great really that was your first main event yeah that was my first main event that's awesome yeah. that's awesome yeah. and it, that was another one just stay out of the way <laughs> 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 the so, good thing is because it's no disqualification i didn't need to get involved that much but mm-hmm. yeah what what goes through your mind as a referee when you you know the caliber of of uh, athleticism that you're going walking in the ring with like a sebastian cage or you know a will austin or even the likes of chris farrow now um mm-hmm. what what is in your mindset Do, you know you have a job but at some point in time during those matches you have to turn into a fan and it has to catch you off guard. That's like, talk on that. Oh man. So I've actually felt the brunt of this like a couple of times. So like you brought up Chris Farrow. So I got a little overzealous between, I think it was Bash and the Guru too. Um, overzealous with like my counting and stuff. Like I was really getting into it. Like, and I get, uh, Chris was holding onto the rope and I got too close to him and got kicked in the face. <laughs> so that's one of those moments where you're just like, oh, man, I need to really focus on what I'm doing. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, it's really easy to get caught up in the moment and re- like realize where you are and the adrenaline kicks in and everything. But you just got to like cool it down, like especially at those Bash of the Brew shows. The, mm-hmm. they're, the crowd there is unreal. Uh, like, we, we, we firsthand, when we won the belt. When when uh, the spot, you know, Eric Christopher turns around, and I have the ref shirt on underneath this, and Joe mm-hmm. gets the roll up. The place went nuts. Like, yeah, it popped. Like we did I not. I have been on roller coasters that drop straight down. Yeah. I have been encounters in my older days with uh, having problems with people, blah, blah blah. But having adrenaline rush through your body, yeah, there is no other feeling, and I don't think there's anything better. Then when I won the title, or when we, sorry, Christopher, when we yeah. won the title, and that shot of adrenaline just straight to the heart of that crowd cheering, I got lost in the moment. 
Yeah. Second, I'm like jumping around hugging Chris and I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, and we talked about this building up, you know, for all day. And I'm like, oh my God, like, dude, it was crazy. And yeah. just that 30 seconds, I kept, we clocked it. It was 30 seconds on the dot. I was champ. We were champions. And, there you uh, go. <laughs> and Chris, I'm not playing any heel seeds. I keep saying I, but I mean, we, uh, <laughs> 30 seconds on the dot. We were champions for that 30 seconds. It was just the most adrenaline I've ever had rushed through my body at one yeah. time. And, and, and the great thing, feel that every, every other night or every other week, whatever, it's gotta be amazing. Yeah. Great. The great thing is, um, you know, when Joe goes for the roll up, his back is to the crowd. So I saw the crowd. And when he, when Eric Christopher falls down and Joe's rolling him up, I mean, the crowd stands up. So it was like a, like a sea of people to crowd. And I'm just like, Oh man. And I, and I just, and I did that sweet <laughs> slide, sweet count. And then yeah. everyone popped. And I'm like, yeah, we did something. We did something. That was like the craziest thing. And then like, I'm walking through like a half hour later. Cause I went to go walk out and I, I sat down for like 15 minutes and people were like, Hey, walking by, tapped me on the leg, on the shoulder and everything. And then uh, I go to walk around to get a beer and uh, I forget his name. The tall, long, the tall, skinny, long black haired guy. Uh, Lou? All, huh? Lou. Lou. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lou grabs me. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, what? I'm going to get a beer. And he's like, no, get the, get in the fucking back. He's like, you just got yeah. hit. Go back there for like 30 more minutes. So I'm sitting there back for 30 minutes with all the wrestlers. I'm like, what's up, guys? Just selling it. Just selling it. <laughs> and then I walk out and like I'm going to the bathroom, getting a beer. And everywhere I go, people are patting me on the shoulder. Yo, man, that was a hell of a shot you took. Yo, you got yeah. I got blood. Like I was I was juicing. And people, yeah. were watching, and people were looking at me They're like, dude, like, how was that? And I was like, it was real. It hurts. Sold yeah. it the whole night. It looked great. Yeah. It looked great. And what's great, what's great is peek behind the curtain. So he gets, he gets pinned and I go down and make sure he's okay. And I look down and I see he's bleeding like in two spots, one up here and one down below his eye. And I go, I know I'm, I'm down. I'm like acting like I'm, I'm making sure he's okay. And I'm like, dude, you got color. Dude, that's so badass. That's so badass. (laughs) And he's like, at ourselves right and, and, he, and he opens one eye and he goes, really? And I'm like, yeah, bro, you got color. He's like, pull me up, pull me up. And I'm like, okay, okay. So I'm trying to pull up and he's selling and he's falling down. Like he sold it well, very yeah. well. And was- you know, we did a good thing. We know we did something right when we're walking to the back and, and Johnny Walker will not admit this, but he looked me in the eyes and he gave me a wink. He didn't give me the oh, you know, oh, you know, the crabby old man, you know. He gave me a wink and a smirk. So we he knows we know we did something right. We yeah. did something right. You know, and that's just what we're trying to do. Obviously, when we when we started this last June and we get to interview everybody and we get amazing talent. And ref Amy, I don't know if you hear it a lot, but you are an amazing talent and amazing mm-hmm. person to have in the company. And you're such a down to earth and person. And uh, we've sat down and had a beer together and you were yes, so we fun have. to talk to. Yeah. You know, you were such yeah. just a, a chill person to speak to. And, uh, you know, it, it's been exciting meeting all of you, all of your, per, all of these personalities in wrestling and meeting you. And, you know, we're, we're glad we get to call you a friend of the paradox. And obviously we want to have you back one day. And uh, I would love to come on your show. I can't say how much I'll talk on your show because I'll just be staring at the temptress witch. And I was <laughs> you and me high. both at that point. All, all <laughs> night, all night. All night. God, she my heart. Um, so anyway, uh, Ref Amy, once again, we want to thank you for coming on to Paradox. Chris, do you have anything else for Ref Amy? Mm, I do have to say one thing. You okay. made a you made a comment about um about Aubrey Edwards and you know playing to the crowd and everything like that. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, I can see where you could get, you know, kind of off your game when you're getting in the ring and there's two knuckleheads that are screaming, ref Amy, ref Amy. <laughs> you know, at the next show, what we'll do is we'll we'll handle those two knuckleheads. Okay. We'll All right. Definitely. That's us. We're the knuckleheads. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, I wanted to touch base. I'm sorry. I, I was cutting too soon. What are your thoughts on Bruce Owen? Like uh, oh, around, and just being able to have that knowledge in your corner, and that's something that's obviously rubbed shoulders with Ric Flair and uh, Barry Windham and all these old time wrestlers, and growing up with that. How does that feel to have that in your corner, where you could just you know pick up a phone and call him, or pull him to the side and talk to him? Like, what's that do for you and your 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 uh, your confidence in this in this wrestling world? Oh, it it absolutely like it, it having him at a show. And all and watching my matches too, because I like the first time you watched me um, ref a match, like I was just so honored because like literally this guy has ref for the greats. He has over forty years in the business, so like he's forgotten more knowledge about wrestling than probably I will ever know. And so it, it's such an honor to be able to work with him, and it, it also elevates me whenever I'm on a show with him because I know he's watching. And he's always one of the first people I talk to after a match. There's two people I usually go to. It's Johnny Walker, because at back backstage he's one of the um, like truthful people backstage, not or not just backstage, but in life. Yeah. Um, and he'll t- he'll tell you straight up how he felt about everything he did. And then Bruce Owens, because I know he was watching, because he loves to watch all of our matches. And I'm always just like, all right, did you see like this part here? Could I have done that a little bit differently? Um, and he's always like very open about giving advice and. Uh, I'm just, we're so blessed to have him on our team as well. You know, and, and before the bash of the brew, um, three, we were outside with Bruce and he just mm-hmm. came up with this ending of a match um, that Joe like looked at me and I didn't hear the whole scenario. Joe mm-hmm. looked at me and goes, did you hear that? And I said, no. And he said it again. And I go, that's the most genius way to end a match. There's like continuous storyline. Yeah, continuous storyline. I'll tell line. you about it when we go off the air because I don't ever want to bury Bruce Owens on my show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, sitting and talking to Bruce Owens was absolutely amazing. And I, I know that you're going to gain so much knowledge from that. And Ref Amy is somebody that I see going very far uh, with CCW. And uh, hopefully you can have the book one day because maybe a, uh, a female promoter isn't the worst thing for wrestling right now. You know, everything's getting turned around in the wrestling world. Why not? You know, I haven't, I haven't seen it before. I don't know yeah. if there's been one, but uh, I would love to see it in CCW. Well, I'll have to be mentored a little bit because I obviously lack a lot of knowledge when it comes to booking a wrestling show. Because sometimes, like, I'll see some things be, be done and filmed, and I'll be like, I don't understand how that works. And then, like, Nelio and Dan and uh, Slauson put together an episode. I'm like, oh, my God, that's a genius idea. Yeah. Oh, don't don't give that guy Slauson that yeah, much credit, that okay? He <laughs> works very hard. If Vince Russo can go from 96 to 2001 in booking, I think you'll be just fine. <laughs> Actually, longer than 2001 because he was in TNA, too. But I think you'll be just fine, Ref Amy. All right? There's a bar there. You'll far exceed that. I guarantee. guarantee. Uh, That's Lawson guy is way below it, by the way. I'm just like, he's below that bar. But no, Ref Amy, thank you so much for coming on the Paradox tonight. We greatly appreciate it. And uh, 
it's uh, always a pleasure to have anybody representing CCW in our house and inside the paradox, obviously. So uh, awesome. we appreciate you again. Thank you for coming on. It's been Thank an you. absolute pleasure. And uh, hey, uh, Chris. Yes, sir. You know what time it is? It is 9.48. 9.48. What do you usually say around 9.48? Something stupid. <laughs>